Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Just Cause podcast, a six-part series of podcasts brought to you by the Granite Exchange. I am your host, Sarah Henry, and throughout this brand new podcast series, I will be speaking to some amazing people doing incredible work to support just causes across Northern Ireland. Throughout this series, I'll be speaking with Northern Irish charities to learn more about the very important work that they do, how much funds they need to raise, and how they have been affected by the recent global pandemic. So wherever you get your podcast from, remember to keep an eye out for new episodes over the next six weeks and subscribe to stay up to date. So today I am delighted to be joined by Davy Jackson and Tricia O'Neill from Road Safe NI. Tricia and Davy, welcome to the Just Cause podcast. Thank you, Sarah. Thank You're you, lo- Sarah. both looking very snazzy, very bright and cheerful. <laughs> um, so just before we begin, I'm sure a lot of people are already familiar with Road Safe NI. It's a very established organisation. But just to give our listeners a little bit of a background, it was established in the 1960s and is run by volunteers. The charity has a regional committee that run nationwide road safety programmes through schools and communities. Road CFNI have local committees which operate in the various council districts where volunteers organise, develop and facilitate grassroots road safety education programmes and events to meet, their ne- meet the needs of their local community. Road Safe NI has two distinct purposes, to save lives through education and to support those impacted by road traffic collisions. So there have been 9,737 casualties in the roads in Northern Ireland this year alone. This is proving how vital the charity's work is. So Davy, we'll start with you. Just maybe tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your work and how you came to be involved with Road Safe NI. Okay, Sarah, well, I'm... Uh, David Jackson, as you said, and I'm the current chair of Road Safe NI. Um, I've been involved with, with Road Safe NI or Road Safety Council of Northern Ireland as we were originally. We changed our name a few years ago. But I've been involved with them since 2008 and I got involved through my work. I was a firefighter with Northern Ireland Fire and Rescue Service and just been out um, in various jobs and road traffic collisions. I've seen the carnage that was on our roads. And that prompted me to get involved with my local committee up in Foyle and District Road Safety Committee. And from there, then I progressed on to, to uh, Road Safe NI. And I've been there ever since. And it's just, um, I wanted to get involved because I've seen the, the, the awful carnage that was on mm-hmm. our roads and the number of people that were dying needlessly on our roads. You know, if yeah. I, I looked at the figures and Northern Ireland, we started to record figures and collate them in 1931. And back then there was 114 people killed in our roads. And that was, that's a terrible amount of people for a week country year. this size. For that year, yeah. in, two, in thir- 1931, when there wasn't so much no traffic cars, about. yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But that number steadily rose and rose and rose every sure year did. and every year yeah. until we got to 1972. Now, 1972 was, was, a, was a bleak year for Northern Ireland. It was actually the worst year for troubles-related deaths as well, but it was the worst year for road-related deaths when 372 people lost their lives in this wee country. And, you know, since the the records began in in, in 1931, 14,900 people have lost their lives in our roads. But after 72, you know, the numbers started to come down and they came down and down and down in the, in the 300s and in the 200s. And then we get down in the 100s and, you know, we often thought, would they ever come under 100? Now, eventually they did, and in 2012, we recorded the lowest number of deaths ever, which was 48, still 48, far too 48 many. 48 lives, but still a massive reduction. Absolutely, but but still 48, too yep. many. And then it um, increased a wee bit again then, back up to 79 in 2014. 
And it's came down now, uh, 2018 with 55 deaths, 2019 with 56 deaths. Now this year we're at 48 already, which which isn't looking good. And we've still got November and December to go, the winter months, which are historically not good for, mm-hmm. for road deaths. So look, it was just to be able to do play some part in, in mm-hmm. helping to uh, reduce those numbers and that's why I became involved really. Brilliant. Well the figures are actually staggering aren't they? They really take your breath away when you think about it and I mean we're all familiar, you hear it on the news almost daily, don't you hear of some collision and somebody who sadly has lost their lives but um, just when you sit back and think of the figures that you've just um, discussed there it really does um, make you think about it. Yeah for sure. Um, and Tricia you have taken time away from your beautiful new little baby Sadie and I promise I'm not going to start talking <laughs> about Sadie today um, and I've met her and she's absolutely gorgeous but just tell our listeners um, you're heavily involved in the charity um, and really it's from your own experience as well that feeds into this you sadly lost um, a number of family members and friends in road traffic accidents and so you went on to set up a committee in Uri so just tell us about your work within the charity and what it means to you to be involved. Yeah, well, I got involved um, in road safety in 2016 um, and it had been a long time coming for me. It had been something that I had really wanted to get involved in for a long time. Um, But then you're busy with work and you're busy with your life and all the rest. Um, And the reason why I had wanted to get involved was because when I was 20 in the year 2000, I lost three friends in three separate crashes within four months of each other. So August, October and December, um, three of my friends were oh. killed. Um, and I'm going to name them because they're not just statistics. Yes, they're not. You know? So my best friend um, throughout school, Kira McKinley, um, she died at the end of August 2000. Um, then Andy, another friend of mine from um, school as well, from tech, um, he was killed in October. And then my other best friend's brother, who we were so close to, um, Kieran, he was killed the week before Christmas and left behind a wife and three young children. Wow. Um, so since then, I had always wanted to get involved. And I suppose what I felt at the time was, you know, there was very little support. But back then there was a lot less support, um, emotional and mm-hmm. support and at their embracement support than there is now in mm-hmm. the community for people. Um, so I suppose at that time, how I dealt with that was throw myself into helping everybody else yeah. deal with with um, um, their loss and throw myself into my work and all the rest because that's how I cope with things. I'm a yeah. busy bee and I've always been a busy bee and I think that is a coping strategy for me. <clears throat> But um, so as I say, life gets busy, you get on with things. It was always in the back of my mind mm-hmm. that I wanted to set up a support group because I felt there was a massive gap after Kira died. Um, and back then I was only 20. You know, mm-hmm. I worked in admin and I was a hairdresser. I didn't have the qualifications I have now, yeah. you know, so I didn't have the skills or the experience or the knowledge to be able to facilitate this. But it is something I want to revisit. And back then I wanted to call my support group Kira. So mm-hmm. it was going... And care stood for care in aftermath of road accidents. Oh, you fantastic. Know. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so fast forward, um, sorry, when I was six years old as well, um, we called her Aunt Lily. She was mummy's cousin. It was the first we had lost people to cancer and that there and we were very, very young within our family, but it was the first traumatic death. It was a Wednesday morning and mummy woke me up and I was in the bottom bunk bed and she says, Aunt Lily's dead. And you just couldn't, you couldn't process that at all. You couldn't process that. And, 
you know, that was very difficult. That was very difficult for us all as young girls. And we were very close to Aunt Lily. Um, the try and process that she was there. We were with her in Aunt Minnie's house last week. And mm. now we're never going to see her again. Um, so up to 2000, and that was the fourth person I'd lost. Um, then in 2014, June... <coughs> It was my Aunt Phyllis's 79th birthday. Um, her husband had taken her down to Restraver to visit family. And there was a video uploaded to Facebook. Everybody singing happy birthday to Aunt mm-hmm. Phyllis. And Aunt Phyllis was involved in a collision on the way home and died in the hospital on her 79th birthday. Um, and that uh, all of those are very difficult. So difficult to lose somebody yeah. that you love um, at the best of times. But to lose someone, I'm not saying it's 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 harder, it's easier because everybody deals with it very differently. Mm-hmm. But to lose some, to lose a loved one with no, you have no insight at all that something's yeah. going to happen. They're going out for yeah. their day and they come back in a coffin. Yeah, you know. So th- then in September the twenty fifth. John Paul McEvitt, my brother-in-law, also known as Polly. John Paul had, he had, he had worked in the Royal Hospital and he had got a transfer to Daisy Hill. He had just went out for a little cycle that evening, Rita and, the, and John Paul had just got the two babies settled for bed. They were four months, almost four months old and a year and four months old. And John Paul went out for a cycle. He wanted to cycle from the house to the hospital to Daisy Hill to see how long it would take him because he wanted to start cycling to work mm. um, and he decided he would do a few miles then on the bypass and unfortunately John Paul was knocked down um, John Paul died then in the oh early gosh. hours of the next morning <clears throat> so John Paul went out for a cycle um, leaving behind um, Rita um, and the two boys oh. I'll be back in an hour and John Paul came home the next day in a coffin um, John Paul's death has impacted so many people yeah. on so many levels and the one thing about um a traumatic sort of death like that they're not just in road traffic collisions but in other sort of accidents, accidents you know yeah. building side accidents and that it's so traumatic for the people involved that person in that social circle mm-hmm. not just the family but you know one person's death ruins a multitude of lives yeah. you know and our lives will never, ever be the same. Now, I'm only his sister-in-law. Mm-hmm. I'm only his sister-in-law. Um, but the impact that that has had of on course. his, uh, you know, on his direct family, like Rada and the yeah. boys and his mum Lillian it's and his dad and his brothers yeah. and sisters. And, you know, but even the people he worked with, he's, mm-hmm. you know, th- they've all been so impacted by yeah. it. And people in the community because, you know, they have empathised with Rada. Oh, my goodness, if anything happened, my partner, they've really tried to put themselves in her shoes. Um, and what would that be like for yeah. us to lose your other half and you've with children at home? You know, so that was definitely the worst, like, you know. Mm-hmm. It, and it, it is and it's so hard and it's like that was 2014 14, and it's 2020 yeah. and you know you don't you don't do- get over it no you don't you know and as you said mm. the amount of people who are impacted by that yeah it, it's staggering and I think it's the shock factor you know it's not I mean it's so sad as you said to lose a loved one anyway yeah. but the fact and sometimes it's it's seen as needless as well you yeah. know how did this happen what you know why what was the reason and I think you'd always ask those questions yeah. and you'd look at maybe the timing, you know, if that person yeah. had of, you know, you know, and I think we've all been touched in some way and we know somebody, everybody does. Yeah. But 
Trisha, you, your family seem to have been really, really impacted and it's really, really touched you and your wider family. As you said, if you think of all of the friends, the work, the colleagues uh, from your auntie, right, you know, through to your brother-in-law. Yeah. It's just how hard heading that is, is really something, you know, and I can see how it spurs both of you on. Like, Davy, you haven't witnessed, you know, your own um, road traffic collisions and, and the trauma that that leaves behind the devastation and as well the emotional side, the psychological impact that you've seen with your family and friends. Yeah. So you can really see how, you know, the passion for you to really drive yeah. this forward is there and it's very, very visible. So, I mean, of course, um, you know, the charity is needed. It's there. It's obviously building as well. You're building um, on what you've, your plans and your projects um, from when you first started. But just in terms of, I suppose, the education piece has to be so important here. Yeah. And maybe that's crucial in terms of, um, you know, from children before they learn to drive, road safety has to be embedded yeah. there so maybe you know Davy, you might want to talk to us a little bit about the work that the charity does within schools because i see a lot of photographs and you see quite a high social uh, media profile with kids involved which yes. is brilliant yeah we, we we believe lessons learned earlier carried through life and uh we, we we think it's important to get the kids early so we run many programs for them probably our biggest is the road safety or the primary school road safety quiz now, it's been running for, for many, many years, but over the past six or seven years, we've got really heavily involved in it. Uh, we had over 200 teams entered last year, 200 schools. We had, uh, you know, we have a heat in each council area and then a final in, in Cookstown. And one of the teams were crowned Northern Ireland Road Safety Champions. And it's great for oh, primary seven fantastic. kids. And, you know, we speak to the parents and the teachers that bring them along and they say it's just fantastic what the kids learn. And they're, they're out in the car then with their parents and they're telling them, don't be speeding, don't be using the phone. So mm -hmm. that's good, you know. So that, that's one thing. But, uh, you know, even uh, when when th that's looking difficult for us this year because of the, uh, the pandemic. But mm -hmm. as soon as lockdown came, for example, there... Immediately it happened, Trish and I had a conversation about all the kids at home. This was back in March. Yeah. And we thought, let's do something for them. So we, we, we ran a, a competition to design a mascot and for the primary five, six and sevens. Mm -hmm. And we had loads and loads of entries because the kids were all at home and the parents were delighted that something to do. And one wee lad, he, he came up with Road Safe Rory for us and we have, we're, we're starting to develop him now. At the same time then we were contacted by parents of younger kids. So we put on a colouring competition for them. Uh, Trisha was busy sticking stamps and licking envelopes for, for days and days and <laughs> Always weeks. Always busy, Trisha. <laughs> the and busy we, bee. We sent loads and loads of these out and all these kids done their best and there was some fantastic work came back. And, you know, the kids were got really involved in it. So, yeah, yeah, uh, it's vital the work we do with children and actually at this moment in time we've just applied for grant funding because we have an idea now to develop a, a, a highway code book for young young children. Um, you know, there's more children out and about now since all this lockdown. There's more children using bicycles. There's more children walking, uh, even using scooters. So we hope to develop now, uh, if this funding's successful, um, fund this booklet specifically targeted at, at the children. primary school children Fantastic. in Northern Ireland. And we are going to make sure it's on, available online, free to all schools. Brilliant. And uh, that's something we're very excited about at this moment in time. Uh, that's so exciting. And I remember just looking back to primary school in the 80s or 90s when I was there. There was a little bit, I remember doing a cycle and proficiency test. Do you remember that? Yes, yes. And then you, I think there was a little booklet and you did the, the highway, it was about like crossing the road and there was a little squirrel and, and Tufty the squirrel and 
these kind of guidelines. But really, as you say, things have changed. Children are out and about using scooters. There's mobile phones in the mix now that we didn't have back then. So there's so many more things to think about. Absolutely. And I think um, the great thing about some of the charities we've spoken to, everything seems to be child focused and led by the children. Yeah. So you doing that, you're responding to what they want and what they think is important as well. So it's really good to include them in the process. We, we actually had a, a public speaking competition for, for primary school children. And this has been going years and years and years, long before I got involved. And one of the parents uh, came up at, at a recent one and said this, you know, she said, I was one of those children many years ago. And she was there with her child then, all, you know, all these years later. Yeah. And, and she remembered it and she remembers a lot Fantastic. of lessons she learned at the time. Oh, so it's great. It's good, it's good. So just moving on maybe a little bit from the education side of it and the children, I just think that's so fantastic and it really adds an important layer to your organisation. You did mention, and um, we mentioned earlier about the bereavement support. So the actual support that you give to families who, of course, have suffered this tragedy. And I guess that's a really big part of your work. Yeah, well... I suppose initially when the, I, as you know, I'm involved with the regional committee and the local Newry Moore and Down committee because um, I'm from Newry. And um, when we initially helped to set up then the Newry Moore and Down committee, it, we wanted to look at, we, we saw massive gaps mm-hmm. in in our district and we know there's massive gaps right across Northern Ireland um, in road safety education, but also in the support offered to individuals or families that have lost someone or, or um, been affected by a road traffic collision but I suppose from the from the initial setup of the committee we wanted to focus on prevention and then work towards the intervention we wanted to get yeah. the prevention right we wanted to develop partnerships with all the other stakeholders um, that are involved with road safety and get that right first mm-hmm. um, and then look at the support mm-hmm. so initially so we we set up the New Morning Down Committee in February 2016 but um, for about a year prior to that I had been researching and after John Paul was killed I was looking to see right what education's going on in our community what support's going on in our community and I was finding holes and gaps everywhere mm-hmm. and I thought right well I need to do something right I, you know and got a, a few people together and thought let's set up a charity there's nothing in our area bar the bits and pieces of road safety that schools were doing yeah. the police were doing the council was doing etc and the fire service and that were doing so I had um, worked away for nine months preparing everything for to set up this charity and then we met oh. Road Safe and it just all came Fantastic. together. But I know I'm getting a bit sidetracked, but just to give a wee bit of background on that initially, so October 2015, we piloted a support group in Newry for people affected. Um, now, so we ran that there for a couple of months. Now, there wasn't a massive uptake on it, mm-hmm. but I suppose in re- when we reflect on that, it's probably, we used a community centre, which was fantastic, yeah. but anybody not local to there right. might have felt, well, y- you know, and in hindsight, it's we understand there, that. Er, yes, yes, yes. And there might be a click in there. I and see. You know, I feel of like course. an outsider. So yeah, it was a good pilot because we did have people attend and we knew that there was a need for mm-hmm. it. So it is something we wanted to revisit then especially when we got um, our committee and that they're set up so um, we ran initially our first sort of support um, event we ran in November 2017 and we held a memorial day for road traffic victims and we held that in Kilbrony Park in Restrever and it was on World Remembrance Day Mm -hmm. so World Remembrance Day for road traffic victims happens every year in November and we had hired the lovely um, I can't remember what the name of it is in Kilbrony Park but it's lovely it's this it's this 
I can't remember the name. Something the centre, is it? The centre, yeah. yeah but I, I can't, can't remember the name. The yeah. Clockmore Centre, yes, is it? Yeah, it. the Clockmore Centre. And it was lovely and we had it all organised and we had somebody playing the guitar. And what we did was a memorial walk and a candle tribute. I had wrote a poem for it um, because I couldn't find an appropriate poem to suit online that suited people... Um, that had been injured and yeah. also for families that for had lost. Families. So I couldn't find one, so I just oh. wrote one. Um, and we had all ready to go, and then these busloads started pulling up, oh. and we were, there wasn't going to be enough yeah. room in the centre. Fantastic. And it was and, but we did our lovely walk, and we had our candle tribute, and there were so many people outside, but lucky enough with high-vis vests for yes. everybody. That is brilliant. I know. So that was the first year. And, you know, there was almost, there was well over 150 people at that first one. Mm -hmm. Now, I am conscious that um, there had been a number of deaths on the road just prior to that, in the months prior to that. Um, So I think that's why we had such a big turnout turnout for that there. But my goodness, you know, you were looking around that room and you were thinking all of these people, you know, I know for our family, um, when we lost, um, it's like you're so isolated because yeah. it's not, there's not a group that you go to. It's not like an illness where you can go to the support no. group. And or it's to share, like sh- about sharing experiences, I suppose, it. with families who've just yeah. suffered. It's talking through yeah. with them. And I suppose that's really valuable. Yeah. Um, and it connected, anybody. It connected yeah. everybody in that room and outside that room as well because not everybody fitted in the room but um, yes yeah, so we've ran that Fantastic. successfully for the last three years and now this year unfortunately due to COVID we can't hold a yeah. physical one but yeah. we're going to run a virtual memorial um, yeah. So we're just well. That was bringing me on to my next question. Obviously, there's big changes there, and that's fantastic. I, I see a lot of people are doing things virtually now, which is brilliant that they can do that. But just in terms of COVID, and I know you know we're in the middle of another lockdown, I suppose. Yeah. And I guess, Davy, you had probably so many events and projects planned already. How are you coping with that? And how are you dealing with maybe a lack of fund? raising activity well, well, as far as events are concerned yes we had to cancel all of them you know at the end of the day lives are more important and it's important this lockdown but it is but there's things we, we we had to miss out on and for example we would have now been preparing for the northern Ireland road safety awards it's one of our flagship events that we mm-hmm. run every year in road safety week and uh it's been running now successfully for six years and it's been building each year and you know, it's it's a nice time where we bring all like-minded people together from all over Northern Ireland and reward them for the hard work, uh, unpaid and voluntary work that they do all mm-hmm. over Northern Ireland and that are helping people and saving lives and, and goes unnoticed. So we would have brought them together every year in a cultural manner and um, had a lovely day. So we had to cancel that. We talked about having it virtual award ceremony this mm-hmm. year but you know it just it's just not the same so yeah we, we, we've we're devastated but we had to postpone that um the, the the primary school quiz that i that i mentioned earlier it's looking we're, we're worried about that now because we, we run it january february and march okay and we know the transfer test has now been moved forward to january oh, so of course so we're slightly worried about that and and yes you know you 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 mentioned um fundraising too we had a few fundraising events uh, we were planning a big concert and um, it's had to go by the wayside. But look, we've moved as much as we can online. Uh, you, you said yourself, we're quite active on our on our, on our social media platforms. And uh, we, we ran a tire, we ran a wee event there for Tire Safety Week where we had yeah. several draws and we'd, we'd winners from all over Northern Ireland. So yeah, it's it's difficult and proving difficult, but yeah. we're, we're doing what we can and we're keeping our presence yeah. out there. And, and, I and like this here helps today too. We're, we're very yeah, grateful to Yeah, just to 
get, for this. Oh, thank you. Um, we're, we're delighted to have you here. And I suppose you're very visible anyway. I mean, you're, you're, you've got a strong presence online. And I think um, anyone we've met with from other charities is about getting maybe innovative and creative and coming up with new ways to keep the funds coming and to keep the awareness there, you know. And can I also shout out to a few people that actually fundraised for us during COVID? You can, COVID. of course. Um, so as Davy says, you know, we had a number of fundraising, big fundraising events organised on a regional level and a local level and some of the local committees that were cancelled. And um, we had a young lad from Newry, Cormac Lamb, seven-year-old, raised... Seven. How much did he raise for us? The figures it, just left my head, but it was an awful lot of money for a young lad of that oh age. It was nearly two thousand pounds, was, wasn't was, it? Yes, yeah, it was yeah. seventeen hundred pounds. He yep. raised. He wow. w- he walked or cycled a hundred kilometres, a hundred kilometres to raise the money um, for our charity. And the reason Cormac got involved was because his best friend is my nephew Leo, whose daddy was John Paul. Oh, great. I know, the wee darling. So, big shout out to the maids Big shout Cormac. out. Well done, Cormac. Um, and then Rita had, did an online fundraiser for us as well. Raised over £2,000. So, it's kept our, you know, we don't have a lot of sort of overheads or anything, but it's kept our core costs, you know, yes. for the likes of basic things that you need to run your charity. Exactly. For your insurance, for, you know, your online campaigns as well. You mm-hmm. still need to, you still need to pay for design and print yeah. and things like that there, you know. So, so we've y- been very fortunate. That's fantastic. Fantastic. So people are still plugging away and you're still obviously both of you getting the message out there. Just to quickly, and I know um, we're moving on here, but just a little mention of the po- the Polly project that a lot of people will be familiar with. Uh, Trish, if you just want to give us a wee overview of that, and I think people can go online and view that um, documentary. They can. They can find the Polly project on YouTube um, and the PCSP have it on YouTube and Road CFNI and Morning Down have it also on YouTube. So the Polly project... Um, <clears throat> Our committee meets, our local Newry Morn Down committee meets once a month um, and at the minute we're meeting by Zoom. Um, we would, you know, be looking at what's going on in our community. You'd be hearing about more road traffic collisions. You'd be looking at stats. We hate stats. We hate the word stats yeah. because those stats are real people with, you know, real lives and they've left behind you know, mm-hmm. heartbroken families. So we are looking at those and we were pulling our hair out. Mm-hmm. And one one day me and Rita were sitting, out, it was at, outside a meeting and we were saying, what on earth can we do? There was another collision, another young life lost. Um, what can we do? And Rita had said, I'm so frustrated at this. What on earth can we do? And I thought about it and I thought, do you know what? The only way you can change people's values and people's behaviours, if you can only impact on those, if you can make them feel what you feel. We need them to feel. We need them to step inside your shoes, even for a split second, to be able to fully empathise. So feel your feelings. Live your life, even Mm -hmm. if it's for a split second. So it was like, how do we do that? Mm -hmm. Um, And Rita came up with, let's make a documentary. and we always had, our charity was going to be called The Polly Project. So we always wanted to use The Polly Project name. for yes. something. Yeah. Um, so The Polly Project was born. And I'm going to give another shout out to the most amazing person that I know in my life, which is my sister, Rita Bentley, um, because she she developed that entire documentary. It was all her idea. We were all, her, Our committee were there to support her um, with all the bits and bobs that mm-hmm. she needed help with for that there. But she put it all together. It was 
fully all her idea and it has such a massive impact on mm-hmm. anybody that watches it. Yeah. Um, prior to lockdown, we were bringing it around some of the secondary schools where there was hundreds of young people in the room and you could have heard a pin drop. Oh, I know, yeah. You know, and I've watched it. I've watched it, what, at least 40 times yeah. now. And, and you still probably get moved every time every you watch it. Every single time. Every yeah. single time. And there are, is also two short social media clips, which are only a minute long, uh-huh. um, that you can look there on YouTube as well, The Poly Project. The Poly Project. So if people Google then The Poly Project, yeah. that will come up. Yeah. And I would really recommend that listeners do that to find yeah. out more about it um, and to really get a flavour for what yeah. you guys are all about. And it's only 17 <coughs> minutes long. 17. Very good. So okay. 17 minutes that might save your life. Yeah, it's really important. So everybody keep an eye out for that. So just um, on a final note... How can people get involved, Davy and Tricia? What can they do? You mentioned there you maybe are on the lookout for more volunteers, perhaps not at this very present moment in time, given that we're in lockdown. Yeah. But what can people do? Well, certainly we are looking for more volunteers and it's, it's our ambition to have a local committee in each of the 11 council areas. Mm-hmm. We have them at current, we have them in... in uh, here in Newry, we have them in Derry, Londonderry, we have them in Fermanagh, Noma, uh, we have them in Newton Abbey. Uh, we're funny, Trish and I are going very shortly with a, a very good meeting with the PCSP in Armagh, Brandbridge, and Craig Avon. We're going to see them about setting up a committee. So Brilliant. we hope we'll, we'll be getting around all the council areas and setting up local committees there. And um, certainly, if anyone wants to get in contact with us, you know, they'll get us on any of our social media uh-huh. uh, platforms. RoadSafeNI. RoadSafeNI, yeah. yeah, Facebook or, or our website, and they can, they can contact us there. I, I think just, Sarah, before we finish up, it's important that we, we, we just mentioned a lot of people who have helped us over of the course, years. Of course, please do. Like, we're here in Granite Studio today. They have mm. been fantastic with us. Granite, Crash Services, and GMK Slisters, that whole group, have been mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic to us. Uh, we, we just couldn't survive without them, so a, a big shout-out, and thanks to all those people. We recently had great help from the National Tire Distributors Association, PCSPs help us, uh, the, the, the Roads Policing, Fire Service, Ambulance Service. So we we have a, a lot of people to thank for, for getting the work done that we do. You know, we, we, we couldn't do it without them. But we're always looking for more volunteers and certainly... Um, you know, if they want to come make contact with us, they certainly can. We're working very closely with all the councils in all areas now, mm-hmm. uh, and that's working well for us because they see we can, you know, <clears throat> sometimes people don't want to get involved with, with the like of the police or the, the statutory agencies, yes. but they see us as volunteers, and we'll get in places yeah. where they maybe can't. And It's uh, a real, real good collaboration, and I think you need that for your charity as well. So you have the support there from the business community who are obviously, you know, lending that yeah. kind of um, support to you, but to have that interchange between the statutory agencies, like, the PCSP, the councils, I Absolutely. mean, it's so, well, our, so our valuable. Line, our strap now is working together saves lives, and we yeah. see that as all working together. Everyone's responsible for road safety. There's not one person's no. responsibility. We're all responsible. Everybody is. Everybody. Yeah. So it's, it's important we all work together. And can I also add as well, the volunteers that we actually have on board, you know, I think sometimes people are apprehensive to come forward because they think everybody's professionals and they're, you know, putting themselves forward. We have such an eclectic mix of experience and skills. And like myself, I was your average Joe, you know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of me's across our different committees and that there. So you don't have to be just a professional coming from the fire service. But if you are brilliant, come on ahead. So we will take a range of backgrounds that has an interest in 
and road safety. Exactly. We'd be delighted, absolutely delighted. And who wouldn't? And I suppose just the, the energy that the two of you bring to this, I mean, it's just fantastic. And I, and I guess people like you, as you said, there's lots of Trishas around. You know, that's driving it forward. Yeah. And it's so important to have that. So just to kind of finish up today, I suppose um, the purpose of this podcast is to increase awareness for this charity while helping to raise much needed funds. So if there's anyone out there who would like to make a donation, you'll be able to do so um, through uh, to Road CFNI on the Granite Podcast Studio website, which is www.granitepodcaststudio.com. So we'll finish up there. Davy and Trisha, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been thank lovely you. to have you. Thank you. Um, join us on the next episode where we'll be, we will be talking to Eileen Murphy from Women's Aid Armagh Down. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how? Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio, which is based in the heart of Newry City. Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. We also provide an editing service for our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granitepodcaststudio.com.